I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast here with Benji on our Friday night for the Trek-Segafredo women's team preview for 2022 as we structured it for the men's preview. We'll go season review for 2021, incoming, outcoming transfers, then selecting what we think their teams will be for the stage races, cobbled classics and hilly one days, and then some predictions at the end. A bit different for the women's previews because there's not the five monuments, three grand tours sort of structure. And we've also got the big women's Tour de France fam coming, starting next year. So changing schedules, changing calendars. Uh, but this is one of the one of the better teams that there is in women's world tour. Before we move on to or progress with the season review for Trek Segafredo women's team, mention our show partner Lacole, who produced performance cycling apparel. They also partner with the Drops Lacole women's team, who are very strong actually in the Cobble Classics. And if you want to check out any of their winter kit, it's at www.lacole.com. .cc. You can check that out in the description down below. But Trek Segafredo, women's third best by UCI ranking, four World Tour, World Tour wins, 27 total UCI wins, including the first cycling. But I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of, I think some, I'm not sure whether CX is counted in there. Obviously, national champs is counted in there as well. They also have a few wins counted in there, which are, uh, at international events like Europeans and Worlds, but a pretty good season, just missing, I think, a few more World Tour wins. I think this team, Benji, is better than that. I think this is the possibly next year could be the strongest overall team, and I think this was the second strongest overall team in women's cycling this year. I personally still predict them to be the second strongest team next year. That's a personal thing, but um, I think that's looking at the 2021 season, I think they have a lot of almosts in the likes of Alongo Borghini because obviously she won Trofeo, uh, Trofeo Alfredo Binda at the start of the season, but she gets a lot of podiums. Second in Strade Bianche, we have fourth in RVV, which is not a podium, but still very close. Third in Flesh, third in Liege, third and a third in that Spanish race that I can't pronounce, uh, Emma Cumin Nafarowaka, something like that, women's elite race. Then again, a podium in... Um, Ibar, we also have in Giro Rosa another podium next to uh, the time trial, team time trial stage win that they had. She got just out of the podium at Berg also throughout the season, and it ends with, once again, Paris-Roubaix third. So I think that the problem is not necessarily that they weren't performing in all the races. It was that for the majority of the races, there was one team or one rider that was better than them. And in a lot of races, that was SD Works or Van Vleuten. I know. And at least along the Bulgini's, that's the perfect example, Benji, because she did win Trofeo Alfredo Binder, great win. And that's almost like a monument status. It's the only Italian one day, prestigious one day, I think, after Strade on the women's calendar. And Amstel Gold Race, the video I did on that went viral, that recap. Uh, it's almost like two races where Elisa Longoborghini seemed to lack a lot of confidence and almost cost herself the win where she was the strongest rider 
uh, first with Ken Vavelhen, where Trek created a, uh, an echelon and they had like five riders in the group. Ruth Winner did a great pool. And Ellen Van Dyke, and they had no Demi Vollering, no Voss. They had like the perfect situation, just poor Anna Henderson, I think, in there. And then with 22Ks to go, they attacked with Elisa Longo Bordighini. And so she just rode solo with maybe or a Chavi or a Canyon Shram rider and then eventually got caught with 400 meters to go. It went way too early. And I was like, and you just ride in the group for 15Ks and then attack. <laughs> um, second one was obviously Amstel where she didn't back her sprint against Kashina Viadoma, but then let out the group later, which was just a bit uh, mind-boggling to me. She seemed to cost herself a big chance of winning there. So the problem is, Benji, and it might be fixed next year with Balsamo coming in, there's not that one rider who, with Dignan Frank not being in good form most of the season until Roubaix, there's no Demi Vollering, Voss, uh, fast finisher that they really have to come with Elisa Longa-Borghini. And I, I think world champs, you saw the difference when they had Balsamo, when it didn't split up. Longa-Borghini led out Balsamo and then, you know, she won easily. But where else do you see the wins coming from or maybe missing uh, this year? You mentioned it off-air. Hosking, I think, had COVID. We'd expect her. She finished the year well. She'd probably have a few more World Tour wins in there, one of the top sprinters. Who else are the leaders on this team? I guess Van Dyke is staying on. Where else do you see missed out on wins here or there this year? Is it Diagnum being under underperforming for a lot of the year? I think that's one aspect to it. The first part of the season not being Diagnum's, uh well, best portrayal of her career. But nonetheless, when it comes to the all-out factor in the races, you mentioned already, I think that Balsamo will fill in that spot quite a lot is that You've got Longoborghini that can attack loads of times. You've got a Dignan who has a semi-decent sprint in 1v1s, but if you have to sprint against the Vosh, she's getting outplayed easily. And then you're looking at what can they do when their attacks fail? And that's when a Volring ends up winning a race. And I think they need somebody that is faster, that can also be versatile for terrain, like a Torflandes, perhaps, Hendrilham, certainly. I feel like we saw a move there in the last, was it 20 kilometers, the echelon move where Terexica Fredo split up the group. It seemed by accident that Longoborghini was gone together with someone for a large portion of the last 20 kilometers. But in the end, it went up to become a sprint and then they don't have anybody to take up that sprint. And I think that's one factor that they are missing in this team. And I don't know, I feel like Hosking, she indeed is more the sprinty type, but would she be the type that could also get over these climbs and do it in even hill classics and so forth? No, that's not happening in my eyes. So that's where they miss that extra factor. And obviously the numerical advantage of SD Works helps a lot against someone like Teresa Gafredo, who is on paper, in my eyes, the second best team in 2021, looking at the numerical value in, in groups that we had. And honestly, I think that's where the factor lies. And it's not necessarily that they didn't perform with the riser, just that there's a team out there that is better all round and was just there more when it comes to the amount of riders in groups and can play with other teams. And then we had to look at certain situations where Trek had to work together with a canyon or something like that to try and force SD Works into pacing. And when they can balance that out with SD Works, with Von der Bregen leaving and so forth, and perhaps get a bit close to the level of... Uh, SD Works, or even like you mentioned, getting better than SD Works next year, 
then you can do a lot more because then you can also outplay that as the works numerical advantage that as the works is playing out you won't have that disadvantage towards that team but you also have will have a bigger advantage to other teams and i think all that combined is a uh, something that they can work with and honestly i'm sad that ruth winder is a uh, retiring she played a, a big role into setting things up beforehand but i do think we have quite a few uh interesting transfers well to in general that we'll talk about yeah and i think the big one was i'm not sure why lisa longboardini didn't do lacoste the one and benji just alluded to it there where they're missing is yeah that a couple more riders to be in the final group in uh hilly classics and at lacoste it with Diamond being not in the best form, she just seemed to be on the level of the likes of a Vollering or Voss in those sort of races. Although she has won it before, but you remember when she beat Voss in the course previous edition, it was them hitting Voss with multiple yep. numbers. Uh, so that wasn't present this year. But other riders, big positive sparks were Ellen Van Dyke winning the World Champs ITT, not for Trek, but on a Trek. So obviously a decent setup. And she won the European Champs Road Race. They won as a team, the Giro Rosa TTT. And just a few other wins from lots of riders throughout the year, like Romance Pale for Ruth Winder won when I think following might have been celebrated too early. And just more riders winning different races, whereas Movistar have seven world, Women's World Tour wins. And I think, are they all from Van Vleuten or is Emma Norsgaard won some? I'm not sure, but they rely heavily, heavily on, on Van Vleuten. This team's a bit more balanced. So Benji alluded to their transfers. We have Elisa Balsamo coming in, the world champ who was on Volcar this year. So that's got to be one of the best signings ever, getting her on the books, getting Elisa Longaborghini working with her, and then she wins the world champs. And then Leah Thomas comes in from Movistar as well, a really consistent American domestic. What do you think of those two? two signings Benji well I alluded to what kind of already it's that I feel like they had two riders going out retirements Trixie Warwick and Ruth Winder Trixie Warwick was mainly a domestique working in stage races so she wasn't very up there when it comes to the one day classics she wasn't the biggest name in the domestique work for the team but she was a proper domestique in stage races and she was valued for the team Ruth Winder is the one that is more valued to me that was leaving retired as well Two victories there, Brabant Sapel and a stage in Trudelardesh. And then I look at who they sign, like you mentioned, Leah Thomas. And I find Leah Thomas the perfect replacement for Ruth Winder. If we take a look at what Leah Thomas has been doing in the uh, 2021 season, it's very similar. As in, she also has her stage win in Ardesh. So you're basically replacing that stage win as well. And she was close at Brabant Sapel. But if you look at the, all, all the other races... She was in the final of RVV. She was in the final of Duarte of Landeren, 23rd in Strade, 11th in that RVV, by the way. Alfredo Binda, 18th. That's very close, and that means you can be in that final group, and it means that you can support at least as good as Ruth Winder, in my opinion. And yes, Winder had that Brabant Sapel, but I do think that Thomas has the abilities of winning races as well when it all comes down to it. I do believe that her main role is going to be a domestique in races, making sure that she can be there at the end of Hilly Classics and Cobble Classics. And that combination is great. By the way, 12th in Paris-Roubaix-Femme, also another race added to that, that she was in the final once again for the team. So throughout the entire season, very versatile. She uh, is very valuable to this team. And uh, that's severely underrated, I think, a transfer for Leo Thomas, one of the top five domestiques, perhaps, if I go through the entire peloton in uh, 
2021. When it comes to Balsamo, in all honesty, it's a great transfer, like you mentioned. I think my opinion on Balsamo is that she probably has not reached her potential at all yet, because we spoke a lot last year, I think, or this year about Wibus and whether she could do against Wavelham and so forth. Yes, she has the abilities to do so. We saw it on the Van Berg a few weeks ago in that Ronde van Drenthe, where she was in the final group after three times the Van Berg, but when it comes to Balsamo, getting third in Brabant's appeal, I think that was actually in an early attack, but I only vaguely remember that race. I only remember the photo finish between uh, Ruth Winder and Vollering there. But um, fourth in Hint Wevelgem, also in that final sprint there. 15th in RVV, that's the one I'm looking at. And I'm saying, if she can get 15 in RVV, Balsamo, and that potential gets a bit further, she can be the person in the second group where Longo Borghini has to kind of bet on, oh, you can ride, I've got Balsamo in the back. She can start playing like that in certain races. Now, I don't think Balsamo will play a role in the Hill Classics yet, because I don't see that currently, but I think there's a lot of races that she can help out Trek, and it's an extra leader, and there's no leader leaving, so that's a very big win for the team. Definitely, it adds more speed, and this is an Olympic year, remember, so... Did that affect Letizia Paternoster, who's 22-year-old fast rider, track rider, Italian? Her participation as much on the team, only 15 race days, I would say so, and that adds another fast rider next year. But, yeah, just quickly reading off who they have under contract next year. Eleanor Backstedt, Lucinda Brand, very good, obviously. Cordon Rigaud, strong domestique. Diagon Diedrichsen, Loretta Hansen, Hosking, Longoborghini, Paternoster, Schoenvan and Roy. Ellen van Dijk, Taylor Wills, as well as Balsamo and Leah Thomas. But, yeah, it's a very strong all-round team with a lot of riders that win races. And moving on now, Benji, to uh, our predictions for who will be in each team. So let's start with, say, the Cobbled Classics. I think this is more straightforward. It's going to be van Dijk, Thomas, Longoborghini, maybe Diagnan, definitely Cordon Rigaud, Brand, and for the Hemvevelhems, Scheldeprace, Balsamo as well. RVV as well, I think. Yeah, true. She can get 15 in RVV, so she deserves to be in that team. And I agree with the team that you propose. It's a very strong team all around for that race. And if I'm looking at it, it's arguably one of the best teams in that race, hands down. It's so strong. It's particularly with how good Van Dijk is looking as an attacker herself. Look at European champs. I know that was for the Netherlands, but I think it's good her using her as an attacking option, except how she used herself as an attacking option in world champs uh, for the Dutch team. But yeah, if they have Balsamo, if there's Balsamo in a group and it's, you know, that you'd rarely be, not be happy with Balsamo in a group and a few other Trek riders going to the finish. It's like she's not Vibers level, but she's definitely very, very fast. What do you think about Didrikson? Because in 2020, she was 20th in RVV, but I feel like 2021 has not been her best season throughout. In reduced bunch sprints, she wasn't really the top three sprinter in the group. She got beaten by the likes of Peters, Barnes. No, that's not that's not horrendous, but it's also not the Didrikson that I remember from the past. I vaguely remember her doing better sprints in the past. Do you think that she hasn't performed at track the way we expected it to last year? Uh, no, I didn't really expect much because she, she's not been since that World Champs win, I think 29, when she was at Bulls, Dolmans, she again wasn't very good in, in 2019 and she's 26, 25, 2026, I think next year. I don't think she's good enough to crack that team. 
and Balsamo is the better sprint option, and then yep. you you can use the others as attackers. Uh, for the hilly one days, I think it's you remove Balsamo, insert uh, definitely Dignan, yep. and maybe Schoenbrunn. I don't know how big the teams are exactly. For generic stage races, which have a lot of sprints, I think split them between Paternoster and Hosking. Hosking was good at Norway, and then maybe let Brand, like Brand won GC or... I think like Brand can win GC at some races, good TT. So they have options there where they can split Brand and uh, Longer Borghini going for GC. What about the big stage races, Benji? Starting with Giro Rosa or, or TDFF. Who's their GC leader? I think you said your biggest riders in general. And when it comes to a GC leader, when I look at this team, I think that Longo Borghini will obviously be one of the top riders in the team. But outside of that, I think Leo Thomas will be strong in the hill races there. I think that you have to send the likes of a a Balsamo certainly to the Tour de France because she's world champion, because you want that world championship jersey in the Tour de France thumb. And then your question rises, who are you going to take for the sprints? If Balsamo's there, are you also going to take Hosking? And then I'm like, then you're sending two sprinters. And that's my issue. For example, we spoke about GC. You asked me a question about GC. I didn't have an answer, so I jumped to a completely different part of the team. <laughs> but anyway, who's your GC leader? <laughs> I think Longa Borghini seems yeah. to be the best climber, but I don't see her as really like a, against Van Vloyen on like Super Planche, yeah. even just not going to be able to touch her. How close has she gotten in, a, in the likes of a Giro Rosa in the past? I remember her being top five in one of the previous years top three yeah she came third last year and she won she won a stage in like a pretty exciting fashion and it was sort of a yeah she she climbs okay but just the the tour de france fan park was actually pretty hard at the back end i just maybe she can podium for sure she or she's a good rider in terms of going for a uh you know, fighting her way like Olympics, getting that bronze medal, even though you, you didn't see her a lot. But even someone like Katrina Allerud, Norwegian on Movistar, she climbs really, really well. And Vollering, I think, is a better climber than than Elisa Longo Borghini too. So, yeah, tough tough for them. I'm not sure. Diagnan, Benji? I mean, maybe Diagnan is the one she comes back even better next year. She should be in the team, in my opinion, based on like if it's Paris Bay form and if she's that throughout the year next year, then she should certainly make the team. But I wouldn't be certain where to place her in the races because, yes, I expect her to do decent, but she was dropping at the start of this season on the Camelback, for example. And the Camelback is not as long as the climbs at the end of the Tour de France Femme. So I'm like, sure, it's not a comparison comparing a, a cobble climb to, to a mountain, but. We have to look at the small things because we don't have the big climbs to uh, look at in women's cycling too much out of Tour of Norway uh, this year. But um, yeah, all in all, do we have anybody in that team that did well at that Tour of Norway stage, by the way? Because I don't remember them being at the four either in that race. No, um, I don't. Yeah, I think they should almost go for stages. Um, depending on the Giro Rosa parkour, I mean, Longo Borghini can come third there, but if there's not long 30-minute climbs. But I think they can win three stages. They can try and get Balsamo into the leader's jersey if she somehow beats Vibas in stage one. or She did it before, last year? Yeah, exactly. One of the, the only one. The only one to do it, yeah, Serratis that year, I think, beating Vibas in a proper sprint. And then there's sort of Misk 
there's sort of classic C stages after that you can put Vivas under pressure as well. So I think, yeah, I think they should go for G. Uh, they should go for stages first and foremost. Um, it's a sh- if they had a team time trial, they would win that too. Uh, maybe the Giro Rosa will have one as well. I mean, we checked Benji. I think the Giro Rosa's two, three weeks before the tour. I think they'll be able to do both. I've, I've checked it, and from my memory, they will be able to do both. And for Trek, Sigafredo, and Longo Borghini and Balsamo, I think it'll be important to do yep. to do both uh, or Paternoster um, as Italians. So I'm pretty high on their team next year. I think they made a few few tactical mistakes in in really big races this year, uh, but otherwise we're pretty we're pretty solid. And I th- I'm really high on the combination of Longo Borghini and Balsamo. So four World Tour wins this year, Benji. How many World Tour wins next year do you predict? I'm setting the over-under at seven, which is quite high. Sorry, at six and a half. Movistar won seven this year. <laughs> over-under six and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over as well. And it's not only because we have better riders in the team. We also have more World Tour races next True. year. And <laughs> I forgot that. Tour de France Femme is added there. And that's more options to win stage. And I think they've got a good team to win stages there. I think that I'd be looking at even perhaps a 7-8 and perhaps I'm overcounting it there, but I really believe that Balsam will have a change and that brings me to my uh, first hot take of the day. I think Balsam wins Candueloham. Is that a hot take? No, I think she'd be like top three favorite. Jesus Christ, mate. Give it to me, man. She'd be top three. <laughs> she'd be top three favorite. Um, no, maybe not. I mean, loss is still there. I think, well, yeah, 2DFM as Women's World Tour days to the calendar, but will Women's Tour be demoted? So that'll take away six. Right? True. Like, I don't know. Um, we're still waiting to hear what will happen there. But uh, if if you gave if you said I, I'd give it a hot take if you said Balsamo will win multiple World Tour classics next year in the in the rainbow bands. Um, that's I think no one expects Is it. Oxyclean World Tour. Uh, I'd say so. Worst that's name. happening, mate. It's happening. I think, yeah, she's she'll be it doing is that. It is World Tour OxyClean as well in women's. Yeah, she'll clean that up if Fevers if doesn't make the finish. Um, my hot take is that, I don't know, I don't really have any hot takes. I'm just kind of generally high on the team. I'm, Come on, you've got to bring one up, mate. Uh, otherwise, we're not leaving here. True, true. Diagnon zero wins. In 2022, yeah. <laughs> you were close this year, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I was nearly. <laughs> then again, at the end, she brought a pretty big one in. <laughs> yeah, Paris decent, decent return, decent win. Um, what else? I think, I think they're going to win probably over. They should win almost over eight or nine World Tour races. Just when they have the sprint power now, I think. Yeah, what about? I think Alan Van Dyke. I think she won't be the best. I think Ellen Van Dyke will clearly be below Marlon Royster in the TT next year. I think Royster will be way faster. I think that Van Dyke had her best two weeks of her career in 2021, which yeah. is from European champs to the end of the uh, mixed relay, even was strong at the world champs road race, to be honest, as well. So. That entire portion, you could even say Paris-Ubefam, but didn't she fall there in the last section, if I recall correctly? So all that yeah. combined, she was very good in that moment and just in great form there. I do think that she will be able to clean up a few of those um, 
like a healthy aging tour type of level race. That's a race. Yeah, it kind of is because the time trials there, and if it's as crazy weather as uh as it was last time, then uh you're gonna need to be pretty powerful against the wind. So Ellen Van Dijk sure certainly is that. She always ends up being that rather that is in the front group and that ends up being the first one to be used from the leaders because. Obviously, Longoborghini is the more punchy rider. Now, Walsamo will end up being the sprinty type there. So she's even more going to be that rider, I think. Unless you're going to start using her as attacking more, like in the European uh, champs. Or do you feel like they I do think, that already? I think you can. No, I don't think they do it enough. On Trek, they don't do it enough. Um, and with, with Van der Breggen not being there anymore for SD Works, this is the year where even if you... Okay, SD Works, I don't think they're going to become not good anymore but they're more vulnerable now <laughs> completely where, washed <laughs> yeah well they got Royster now at SD works yeah. that's another reason why i think her tt will continue to improve but i think there could be more situations where it's demi volering semi-isolated and three trek riders and i think van dyke should should pace in that situation unless balsamo's in the group or something like that but they they i think one of the things we are overlooking perhaps is that we are talking about balsamo joining a Segafredo here and being that sprinty type. Then we look at NSD Works, we'll talk about them totally in a in a separate podcast. But we have Kopecky joining there, also being that role. So you might have two teams, the biggest teams that might be playing a more defensive role and might not be attacking as much as this year. Or do you think that they would still be using their numerical value and would just keep the sprinter as the last option if nothing else works? I'm not sure. I don't know. Depends on I'll the situation, have to I think. see what they do. Yeah, it depends who's in the group, how long to go, how many riders in the group, what sort of finish it is. Is there a hill? Whereas Lachen, Vavelhem, there's no real hill after the last one for 45 minutes. So Could a situation where SD Works and Trek potentially do bet on their sprint more lead to Wibbers winning more through races? I don't think anyone. I think if you've got Ellen van Dijk in a group with Balsamo and, mm-hmm. and Bong Longborghini and and Vibers, I think you attack. That's my yeah. view. Yeah, I think and make Vibers close it. Agreed. I think I, I doubt. I don't see Vibers actually winning a lot of the harder classics next year. Just people know how good she is. They're not. They're not stupid. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Trek pretty high on them. I didn't really. My hot takes weren't that hot. I just thought <laughs> Van Dyke's TT will will move back a little bit. Lucinda Brand didn't even it's do Rugay. <laughs> it's still yeah it's very very cold in andorra so that's why i'm too frozen to give out hot takes but hope you enjoyed the podcast and let us know what you think of our over under you think over 6.5 wins in world tour for uh trek next year and i think they will take the leaders jersey for a couple of days in the tour de france fam if they play their cards right on some of those they got the the little white the white chemin chemin blanc roads which uh look pretty good for longer board uni and co but until the next one Ciao.